Boy, oh boy. Disappointing yep. news. <laughs> I mean... Listen, right now life is disappointing news. I know. Well, when I when I read that Trump is thinking of not running again, I was just like... <laughs> I know. I don't... What are we going to be I'm, mad at now? I'm shattered. Uh, we Right in the middle of this crisis, when we need leadership... <laughs> He's he's just going to he's going to step down. He's just going to abandon us all. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. You know what's really funny? Because I started thinking. So I don't think he would. No. Um, his his uh, his narcissism will not let him. Do yeah, that. exactly. But uh, what? Um, it, it's it it's sort of like who would step up then? Would would? Because Pence. Pence. Yeah, but Pence doesn't have. Pence doesn't. Str- I, you know when when you, when you look at him doing the vice presidential thing. You sometimes wonder if he wanted any of this, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there wondering. Are you saying the lights are on, but nobody's home? <laughs> it's, it's sort of like if, if, if Trump were to decline, would Pence look, look around him and go, "Okay, I want to pick this up." <laughs> now you, you, you lift your flag for President Cruz. Yeah. President Cruz. Oh my God. <laughs> Somebody whose yes. whose name I won't mention. Okay. Actually, we were talking. You know, he was asking me, "Why do you hate Trump so much?" And I oh. gave my listen. Yeah, they say, how, "How long do you have?" Yeah, and it was funny because he was like, "Yeah, well, I, I'm no big fan of Trump myself." Uh, a couple of years ago, I met Cruz and I loved him. He was awesome. And I'm like, "Oh, oh <laughs> good God!" Because it was, yeah, it was just like. Cruz kind of hits that almost to me like hits that midpoint between Trump and Pence oh, where man. ideologically he's as awful as Pence but he's got a little bit more charisma maybe than Pence although as far as I know pretty much all Republicans hate him too so that's that's that's, that's what I gather he, he's but you like, know what he is a Star Wars fan oh he is a Star Wars fan. he liked Rise of Skywalker I I, I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 544. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And we are here to talk week and geek. Oh, gentlemen, the world is on fire, but we <laughs> are still going to talk about the things that we enjoy We're in this world. We're still coated in asbestos. <laughs> what, what was that, that thing that Paul said during the live show that one time? It's like a, a, a dumpster, fi- a, a train load of dumpster fires or well, something that was my like, thing you know, it's, it, it's a train it's a train wreck where every car in the train is a dumpster ah. fire <laughs> yeah it sounds about right yeah. but there are still things to enjoy so gentlemen what geeky things you do this week uh actually i did quite a few things oh wonderful it's a it's a year old show but the second season just started oh okay so well, i thought you were talking about us for a second so but episode 444 it's it's part of hbo max so i got to start doom patrol which was originally a uh uh, a DC um, streaming service exclusive, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. It's all the acting is fantastic, especially when you consider that the the Brendan Fraser and Matt Bomer characters are live performance by two different actors, and they just do the vocal performances. So uh, the Robot Man and um, the Negative Man, Negative Man, are both 
performed Doc, and negative. voice acted separately. Mr. Negative. Interesting. So yeah, um, really, really good show. It's 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 wackadoodle. It's dark humor. Uh, it's like it's everything. Yeah, I know. It's like everything you want in a in a comic <laughs> series. So uh, well, like I said, Patrol. the second season. I I since the last program uh, since the last podcast rather. I um, binged season one and then got to the first three episodes of season two. So it has both seasons then? Uh, yeah. Well, yes. season two is ongoing. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they release them every Thursday. This Thursday, episode four should be out. So, so. do they have everything that the, I can't even remember what's called, the DC streaming service has? No. Or just some things? Some things. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% positive, but I think... Doom Patrol is moving to Max as a quote-unquote Max exclusive. I think so, Because yeah. in the credits for season two, it said a Max original. Oh, and okay. Then, and then it said, you know, went through all the credits and oh, then it's in Doom Patrol, so. I thought but, Max original was a producer. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, Produced uh, by Max original. But I yeah, his toys I'm, in the yeah, early yeah. 90s. Oh, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I, I never got to read the comic, but... Uh, they're different iterations. Uh, yes, yes. Um, but what, I'm, what I'm hearing, this sounds very, this sounds rather Grant Morrison-ish. Yeah, well, uh, they, they, they actually, um, they do uh, reference him in in one of the episodes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, there um, you go. Which is a very Grant Morrison thing to do, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. I they mean, just need to have a villain just, named just Alan Moore. Just look at the Moore. cast list, but I mean, when you, you start getting into, I mean, Alan Tudyk plays uh Mr. Nobody who is like the big villain of season 1. And goddamn Alan Tudyk makes a fantastic villain. I mean, you said you liked his performance as the Joker yes. in Harley Quinn. Phenomenal. Take that amp it up a little bit and that's Mr. Negative. Oh fun. Mr. So, Negative, Mr. Nobody. Or Mr. Nobody, sorry. Um don't Negative Man is the yeah, other character. That's sorry. how rumors but, start. Yeah, this is a geek podcast. They'll take you but, down. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Mr. Nobody is Go it's easy on him, Jake. Hilarious, um, just uh, it's just a fantastic character. I don't I don't want to say too much more because it'll give you a reason to actually watch him and watch his performance. You you don't want to say too much more because it'll give you a reason to watch. Yeah, if I uh, say more, you're gonna watch it and go, oh, everything he said is exactly on the show. I'm, I'm, I don't want to give away too you're much. You're saying you don't want to spoil it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to say anything else lest I make Brain. you interested in seeing it. Brain, not working. Yeah. I, I, no, I think, I I think all three of us kind Scattered. of hit a, a vapor live. <laughs> it was like, it, the, the thoughts were straight in my head. Getting them out my mouth were not was yeah. not working. <laughs> I call that Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but see, uh, I also started Perry Mason last week. Talk to me about Perry Mason. It's very interesting. It's set in uh, it's set in nineteen thirty. Well, it's late nineteen thirty one. Episode two is nineteen thirty two. They just had the New Year's. But uh, Perry Mason is a classic gumshoe detective. I know, right? Uh, and he's working for a, a lawyer. And there's a lot of characters that are. He was he was a know, lawyer in the original yeah, show, right? In the original show, yeah. So I'm not sure if the series is working towards him deciding I don't want to be a a detective anymore i want to be a lawyer because there are hints at his knowledge of the law in that character of that that gumshoe private detective but um 
I'm only two episodes in because it started last week, and then this Sunday was the uh, second episode, chapter two, I think they they called it. So, um, but yeah, so far I'm liking it. It's it's intriguing. The story that they're that they that they started in the first episode has definitely got me hooked and wanting to see where they go with this. So. All right. But yeah, I, I it was just an interesting take of where they put it because I originally was, you know, in the trailers and stuff, it made it look like it was going to be 1940s um, Los Angeles because that's that's a, a period that I'm very fascinated with for LA, that, that late 40s, early 50s, especially when you get all the art deco and stuff. But uh, Truth. Um, but no, it's, uh, you know, early 1930s I, it just it was fascinating and and Perry Mason is a is a former World War 1 vet so cuz like it it they it wasn't until the end of the first episode that they actually said the year and they're talking about you know I'm back from the war blah 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 and so you're thinking okay I'm still not quite sure where this is and then then you're like oh it's 1931 rolling into 1932 interesting cuz that's not usually an era that you see get presented in a tv or film uh series about la so anyway that one was really good that's only two episodes in right it's yeah only t- only two episodes in but so far i'm i'm fascinated with it all right um and then also um yesterday or i should say sunday since by the time everybody hears this it'll be wednesday the documentary series i'll be gone in the dark just started which is the um documentary series about Michelle McNamara, who is uh, the amateur sleuth slash writer slash podcaster slash a whole bunch of other things, in addition to being the wife of Pat Oswalt, who is mostly responsible for getting the police to really look at all the different material that they had on hand, plus all of these different amateur sleuths had, and capturing the Golden State Killer in uh, Northern California. And, who uh, just uh, just pled guilty? Yeah, yep. Apparently, yeah. I just read that this morning. Um, that apparently, the the show, the book, and all this other stuff had really convinced him to plead guilty, so that it would get as long as they took death penalty off the table, so that you know it would give some of these families and victims a closure. Um, but yeah, it's only one episode, but it just it it looks like a really fa- fascinating documentary series. I mean, I love documentaries anyway. But. Talk about doing some good before you go. Yeah. Wow. I mean, McNamara's a goddamn hero. Yeah, as far she as really I'm concerned. Is. Yeah. And just like her obsession with gathering all these little details and then somehow putting them together and finding avenues of investigation that professionals had been, that had been doing this for 20, 30 years didn't even think of as just it's absolutely fascinating yeah and it's a so, six-part series I, I believe so started yes. started yesterday. started yesterday started sunday um so yeah episode one but episode one that first hour they packed a lot into it makes that makes you really go i want to see this all the way through so usually if they can catch me in that first episode it's a good sign sure so yeah that's uh that's a lot of the things that i did this week Although, uh-huh. actually, I take it back. There was one whoop, other thing. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, the Ferris Bueller's Day Off no, the, reunited they, apart. Josh Gad is now your best friend. Uh, I won't go that far. Oh. But goddamn, that was it. That was a really good. Did you did I you didn't see, see that one. No, I didn't watch that one. You, of all people, need to watch it because okay. there is a tribute to John Hughes at the, at the end of the 
uh, episode that I don't want to give away. Fair if enough. You haven't seen it, but okay. Um, with that alone, you have. He sold won't say it. any more to make you interested. They <laughs> got. <laughs> they got all of the cast to come on and and speak, which surprised me because uh, Mia Sarah doesn't do a whole lot of um, appearances anymore. Like the occasional convention, but most of the time she's just happy being a wife and mother, and you know, doing her wow. own thing. Because I mean, Charlie she, she, Sheen. Uh, no, they, actually, I'm sorry. They didn't get Charlie Sheen back on. <laughs> the, I, uh, I, I think we'll let that one slide. The amateur photographer guy? <laughs> I That's the principal. The one who was busted for taking pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. The, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey uh, yeah. Jones, was it? I think so. He says last But so, anyway. Uh, he was on? No, he was not. <laughs> uh, See, so not know, the sorry, oh, n- sorry, not the entire cast, right. Mister <laughs> Mister Nitpick. I don't, Jeff. I don't <laughs> appreciate you mis- misrepresenting what you're watching. Well, you, you know, listen to this <laughs> bastard, M- Mister. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> wait, you're you're Mister Actually. Oh, oh man, actually, well, actually, Jeff, you're Mister Actually. <laughs> Well, this is actually, what the rest of the show is going to be like. For the next <laughs> actually, hours. I just I just pulled that out because I kind of figured Charlie Sheen's not going to be there, and then I remembered Jeffrey Jones, and I'm like, oh, he's not going to be there. Yeah, I didn't think think didn't think about that. It's just like, <laughs> but uh, yikey, shnikey. boy, it's really funny. I uh, I don't know when after that announcement about his arrest had come up, somebody put up the stinger. At the end of Ferris Bueller's, where he's getting on the bus. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just like takes on a whole different tone, and it's just like, ah, ah. oh yeah, <laughs> boom, bow, boom. Bow. yeah. Oh man, it's just something. But anyway, it's it's definitely anyway. worth watching. Oh, All right, cool. You get a chance, definitely watch it. No, you sold uh, me on it. Even yeah, though you didn't say much. I know, that's what I do. <laughs> So that's all I can think of, yeah. at least right now. Less is more, Jeff. There you go. Or is it? It was a uh, it, it was a, it was a rough week this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned the family tragedy last week. Uh, uh, I lost my sister uh, the week prior. Um, uh, now, just so I can shoot that down and not due to COVID, uh, we're still not sure w- what happened, but it's believed to be a stroke. So it's it, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but. Found moments here and there to enjoy some things. I have fallen in love with another digital board game. Uh-oh. Went on sale on Steam this last week. I got so excited that it went on sale, I bought one for myself and one for Kay. Uh-oh. And that's uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, I got to download that. Uh, that is a board game that's been out for a while. Mm. It is a worker placement board game, a style that I really enjoy and don't get to play all that often. Uh, the whole idea, it's a good starter place if you're not familiar with worker placement games. Uh, it's considered a current go-to to learn how to play one. Uh, there's definitely more complex ones out there. Agricola, for example, or the Cave Dwellers, another one. Farming, that's where it's at. Farming, far, uh, true worker placement. Um, <laughs> uh, but this one you are, it is the Forgotten Realms D&D Waterdeep City, the hub of all commerce and culture in... The City of Splendors. Yes. And you are cast as one of the shadowy figures behind the scenes that are making all the things happen. If you are playing D&D and you're the adventurer and you go to a tavern and and someone comes up to you and says, hey, I have something we need for you to do and gives you that tavern quest, 
it's usually one of these higher up shadowy figures that's making it happen. And so that's what you are doing is you and everybody else playing the game is one of these secret lords of Waterdeep uh, pitting your machinations against one another in control of the city. And really, it's just you're trying to collect as many points as you can before the end of the game. That's how all these games work. Points! But it's so much fun. The theming is great. The digital version is a lot of fun. The best digital game I've played since uh, Terraforming Mars. I'd put it right up there with that. Um, it has a weird online system, though. I've actually... Tr- I usually don't go out and find people online to play with because I think a lot of outline people out there are trash. Yes. And so I just try to stay away from it. And this one I've actually sought out to play and haven't been able to because it has a really weird matching system in the game. Now, if you have a friend in Steam that has the game, okay, wink, 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 uh, you can send out an invite and have, do it that way real easy. But if you're trying to create or join a game, it has some really weird options to it. Like, you set up for how long your room for your game is going to be open before it's closed, and like it starts at like a half hour. And so that means when you start one, you might not start a game for a half hour. Oh, okay. And so, and so, But you can even go from there, like up to a day. Like, why, why, why would you do that? And then when you start the game, uh, there are time limits to how much per time a person gets per turn that you can set. Uh, I think the least amount of time you can set is 15 minutes. So each person gets at least 15 minutes per turn at the lowest setting. And some of them go, I I think you can set up to a week Ah, to play your turn. So you can play like that slow chess kind of thing if you want to just have a game that you just come go to, play your turn, then come back to later. So checkers. (laughs) Yeah, but... (laughs) So you can play chess or checkers is what you're saying. What I'm saying is when I'm playing it against the AI, Uh the game usually takes about 20 minutes to play. And that's everybody taking their turns immediately. I can't imagine how long the game would be if everyone's taking 15 minutes per turn. Agonizingly slow. Yeah, especially if you're (laughs) wanting to sit and play the game with other people. And if you have somebody who's like, I'm just going to check in, play my turn, and then check out. Uh, that no, that's not what I want in an online board game. I would like everyone present. Right. You you want the immediate satisfaction of them finding out you betrayed them. <laughs> yes. Not not them figuring it out on Saturday. <laughs> and I will. And then, of course, this goes for all digital board games. I think uh, as much of a joy as this is to play, it would nowhere near be the joy as it would be live. Because right. you are missing that personal angle when you're playing the game digitally. You're playing the board. You are you are trying to maximize your points, kind of immaterial to what everyone else is doing. Uh, people might take a spot that you want to go in, uh, but really that's about as bad as it gets. And there are mandatory quests that you can have other people play. Uh, but if you're sitting there with everyone around you, you can see uh, what resources people are gathering for what quests and so on, and you can make it a little more personal i guess is a way of putting it Mm. making it a little more nasty maybe yeah i see why you miss that yeah so it it, one of my my favorite um tabletop episodes is the one where they play lords of Waterdeep. it's uh will wheaton uh felicia day 
uh, Patrick Rothfuss, and I can't remember oh. the other guy. So it's, it's, but it's a great grouping of people, and they have two versions of it. You can watch the edited down version, and I think that one is forty five minutes long, yeah. or the entire game that they play, which is about an hour and a half. I was gonna say I thought it was more like two hours, if I remember correctly. Might be edited. Yeah. So when you're sitting down playing this game, you're playing this game. So digitally, it's. It takes a lot less time to play, I will say that. I'm always torn between which version to watch because the 45 minutes, you definitely get to see more of the actual, like, straight-up gameplay. But the unedited, the banter between them all is priceless. I love that episode because Felicia Day gets under Will Wheaton's skin like I've never seen yes. anybody do that. Oh, She's really? one of the few that can. Ooh. She's one of the few that can. So much that he has this just wonderful explosion of of anger and frustration in, in the game. And she's like, I've never seen Will like this. Oh, wow. And they've known each other for a yes. while. That's cool. So it's it's saying cool. something. So if you want to check out what the game is like, I'd probably recommend that. Again, it's a 45 minutes, but it's an entertaining, well-edited 45 sure. minutes. Uh, but Lords of Waterdeep, and I don't know if it's still cheap on Steam. Uh, and if it is, I recommend grabbing it. It's pretty good. And if you do grab it, then um, I'm on Steam. Hit Send me a message to, to Todd. Yeah. He's he's ready to stab you in the back. I'm looking for players not wanting to take 20 minutes a yeah turn. I'll I'll get it downloaded at some point. Oh my goodness! Yeah, let let me know after you've gone through the tutorial. Tutorials, yeah. quick, easy, and simple. It, it it's a game that looks more complex than it is. Yeah. Well, I I've looked at the board game. I've tried to get a major meh or someone else to buy it. Uh, I'll eventually get it. I'm already know, a fan because I was I was kind of interested in it, but um. I just got shot with a disruptor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about disrupting. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'll look at it at some point. I was I was still I downloaded the Pathfinders thing and hadn't even gotten a chance to look at that yet. That's uh yeah. So yeah, Lords of Waterdeep, whether you're playing it in the board game or the digital version, yeah, I've there there's been times I'm like, do I play Minecraft? Or do I play Lords of Waterdeep this week? That's oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I had a weird phenomenon happen. Oh really? Is it a ghost? Was it a ghost? Did no. you see? A g- no, I didn't. Don't you dare close your eyes. Um, I actually uh, hold on a second. I'm going to use okay. I'm going to use the verbal function. We are recording until eight thirty. Oh. You're, you're, you're passing messages during the show. Thanks for talking. I have until 8.30, your ear, you're passing messages during the show. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out. I fucked, fucked up talk today. <laughs> um, Not the first time. Probably nope, won't be the last. Nope. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I was going to edit that out, but I might just keep that in. Yeah, no, keep that in. I was watching. Uh, I finally, I finally subscribed to Houston Dungeon Master. Ah, yes, <laughs> and That's a Barry's uh, YouTube channel. He yeah, had to, he had to burn another bed. <laughs> and I uh, <laughs> won't be well, last. It's really funny because I started watching it. You know, I started off with first episode. Torgo is a wang. Great name for an episode. And uh, I was getting into the fourth episode, and it was really funny because towards the end of it, Barry is like looking around, checking stuff before he signs off. And the first person perspective, he's zooming forward, back, left, right, look, up and down, just zip, 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 zip. And he did so much of it in quick succession. My anxiety suddenly started rising up. 
I got nauseous and a massive headache, and I I had to stop. And I couldn't finish out watching it uh, because when that happens to me, it uh, it hits hard enough that I, I have to take like an hour to recover and everything. Oh wow! And it, it it's really really weird. Wow. My theory is that if I'm not controlling the perspective when it gets like that, sure, my brain is just like not coping, not putting it that's, all together properly. That's fairly common. And uh, yeah, so it it's was like people that get motion sickness right, when exactly. they're not, you know, functionally operating. Right. Whatever type right. of vehicle. I never, never get motion sickness driving a car, but I can get it when I'm a passenger. Yep. That's why I, one of the reasons why I like to drive. Um, so, but it doesn't, you know, I've never, I've never got motion sickness when, when you've driven, Jeff. So, <laughs> my dad uh, still likes to say he's the one that made sure I drive like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad funny. was a pilot, by the way. So yeah. when when it came time to teach me to drive, he's like, "All right, whatever they teach you in driver's ed, make sure you listen to them." But I'm going to show you the right way to drive, and my yeah. mom let him do it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> he's like, although you know, it, it, it's really funny because it's not really a testament about the driver's driving. It's just your brain reacting to their driving and its yep. inability to uh, to control. So when you're operating the vehicle, you can anticipate minute changes whereas well, sure. when you're a passenger right you can't your brain is trying to interpret yeah, yeah. your brain's stimuli. following afterward yeah. you live with the consequences yeah. of their bad decisions yeah so so i actually i actually had to stop wow. i actually i I'll, I'll start it up again because if i know it's coming i just have to close my eyes look away and you know take it in little doses but it was really funny because i was going to binge all the videos because i wanted to build up to Whatever the last one was, son of a bitch must pay, oh, or yeah, yeah. whichever I, one that was, and and I, I, I haven't been able to now, do it. Have you watched Todd's first? Because you really yes. kind of need to do the back and forth. Yeah, watch, well, you watch know Todd's what? episode you and then what? watch Barry's. There's there's no list. <laughs> <laughs> there's no list. So I'm just I'm just gonna have to do this, just just like Andy hates. I'm just gonna have to do this Flash, then watch Arrow. <laughs> then watch Supergirl. Then I can watch Legends of Tomorrow. You know what? We Kay. need to get some post-it notes and put little <laughs> tomorrow. Watch this. Tomorrow. Yeah, watch yeah, that. K. Do as thou wilt. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'll get back to it. And fortunately, Todd doesn't do that running around shit. I mean, Barry. I'm a professional mind- there Minecraft you YouTuber. <laughs> well, also, I, I, I mean, Barry. Barry's just doing that typical, uh, you know, longtime player. He just moves super fast. Oh, cause, sure. Because his brain is just. He's taking in all the information he needs to take. And it was really funny because uh, this happened to me like over 10 years ago when Duncan was still a kid. And one time I was watching him while Andy uh, and his wife were out. And uh, we were I was playing Halo and Duncan was like, hey. And he did that function where you can grab one of the little floaty things and you have its perspective. Oh, yeah. okay. And so he was running through the tunnels. But he was doing this in terms of, you know, whoosh, run and then stop and then turn run stop turn turn stop run 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 and darting all around and i eventually had to get him off the halo because i i started getting sick and i got a massive headache that stuck for like an hour wow so um it was yikes but anyway yikes town so yeah i started watching that and then i had to stop (laughs) sure sure um I did like how you turned his palace of stone, steel, and glass into. 
I, I've been planning this An abomination for ages. of... <laughs> it was a combination of knowing when he was not going to be on so I could take my time because it was going to take a while to do it. Uh, if you have not seen the latest Torgo craft, yes, I have broken the tru- prank truce officially uh, by taking his very beautiful, industrial, blocky, automated farms where he... It's the automated sugar cane and the, and the automatic pumpkin farm and the, and the automatic sheep shearing farm and, and the automatic everything farm. And I decided to turn that into a public park and I planted lots of trees <laughs> and flowers. He planted trees on top of glass, trees on top of freaking stone. And I, didn't just, I didn't just plant trees. I planted jungle trees, which grow up to be about 30 to 40 blocks tall. And shrubbery. <laughs> and then, yes, I covered all of his doors with, uh, with oh shrubs, so well, any door he walks through, he has to cut his way out That's of. That's perfect. And then I put uh, water features haphazardly around in the, in the middle of his animal pens, so the animal pens would all just break out by swimming off the <laughs> edges of the fences. And Wow, that's a, that's a major abrogation of the truce. Uh, so, yeah, I knew if I had to break it, uh, I'm going to break it big. Wow. So I've, I've, well, I've, he didn't destroy anything. Nope. He just added to it in in the most <laughs> you, 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 odd way. You're supposed to say your honor at the end of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a giver. I gave I gave him nature, and oh, Barry man. likes nothing more than nature. Well, Barry's nature <laughs> is a dish served cold. So man, oh Although, man, not my favorite part of the video. As much as I enjoyed that. There are two other parts that I loved. One, Dave Rader yes. made a gigantic Spirit Halloween sign out front of his I farm. I saw that, yeah. Which, glorious. <laughs> Dave Rader's team, uh, team Torgo? I, I, don't, I think he might be a switch hitter on this one because oh. he's worked for Vlarg in the past, but... Oh. But now he's. I, I think he's an independent. Uh, Dave Raider's contractor. Dave Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's exactly it. Uh, but my favorite part of the video overall, when I made it, is uh, when I went to the jungle biome because you have to gather the saplings to grow the trees. Sure. When I got there, there's like all these animals that just were like there, yeah. like just waiting for me. And I and I walked up next to a panda in the game. And the goddamn thing sat up next to me and just did all this cute stuff, and, and my heart just leapt and grew five sizes. It, it, it's, it was a beautiful moment. I, I just want to say that, <laughs> I, was, that I was waiting to hear it explode or uh, poison him. Or no, it was it was it was <laughs> grand. Yeah, really. Because because you, you, I can't influence how things react in that game, and its timing was just. I'd be worried Perfect. if his heart grew actually five sizes. I'd be getting a call from his wife. Can you take mm. Todd to the hospital? Yeah. His, huh? heart, his heart grew like his foot. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot oh, about that. Man. Yikes. Um, it, um, when I was watching Vlarg's video, I was sort of like, um, he has the, uh, the Torgo, Annoy Torgo Proving Grounds. Yes. And I was just like, man... I want to see Todd get in there <laughs> and start sabotaging the proving grounds, and just 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 have a have a Barry be all okay. I'm going to go into the proving grounds and what? <laughs> it's funny. I, 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 I've made I've made a promise that I'm not. That's one of the rules on the server. You can't break other people's things and pranks. You could add to the proving. Grounds. I, I could. I could definitely add to the proving. Yeah, grounds. you know, like a little dynamite trap right, right by the door. That you know? that would probably bust some things. 
That's it. And, and and possibly destroy equipment on the way. So maybe uh, not. You, you've both blown each other up, so you're you're kind of even on that. Yeah, front, it was right? funny. It's true. He showed how to build the uh, the, the tree, the tree. Yes, the tree uh, mines, which is is great. I still have one in my property. Although mm-hmm. technically, you accidentally blew him up. He intentionally blew you up. No, I set it to blow him up when he came through. He accidentally went through the portal. Yeah. But but it was intentional <laughs> on my part. Oh, okay. But since it was on my own property, I figured I was allowed to blow up anybody okay. I pleased. There yeah. you go. Thank, thanks for the clarification. I think that's what I would do. If I was ever playing Minecraft, I would just booby trap the place. living shit out of my place. Yep. yep. I've, I've got traps now set in that place for any monkeys that decide to uh, get a little frisky. Yeah. So... so. Very cool, but off. But outside of my base, you're safe. Mm. Place your signs and your your dumb Church of Larg flags and bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And okay, I have to hand it to Microscope, Chris, mm. the dude outside of my base in Minecraft in the sky wrote "Enemy Mine." Yeah, because he sent me the DVD way back when, and I still uh-huh. haven't watched it. <laughs> And he put a thing out front saying, I'm not taking it down till you watch it. So, um, yeah, good play. Good play there, Chris. It's uh, I got to hand there it to you, you on that one. Wow. That did pretty good. So, that, I, I'm with each video I make, I think I'm getting a little better at it. Mm. And uh, this last one, even though the last one with my voiceover for Vlog is hard to beat, oh, this I, one was pretty entertaining, too. See, that's what I was building up to, and I just never got there. Well, that one you can do at any point. That's just kind of a standalone. Yeah, I know. I know. I still, I still, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we should pull it up on the big screen after this. is. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should actually. I can watch that. I, so what else to do this week? Oh, guys? oh, well, I wanted to talk about Hanzo the Razor, Sword of Justice. Hanzo huh? the Razor? Yeah. I opened up the Turner Classic Movies. Uh, just to see what was there. And a whole bunch of different movies came up, including a bunch of Japanese classics. So there's this guy, uh, Shintaro Katsu, who uh, I guess kind of became famous or made his bones in Japan or something by doing Lone Wolf and Cub. And eventually he he did his own, own studios. And so... I saw Sword of Razor, 1972, and I'm like, hmm. And I read it, and it's like the incorruptible Hanzo, the official, you know, in Edo, uh, uh, you know, um, Tokugawa, Japan, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, this this sounds interesting. So I, I figured I'd watch it. And it, it was, uh, it's an interesting Chambara a uh, um, period piece with samurai. It opens with... Uh, Hanzo the Razor, who's a police official, and he's uh, refusing to take an oath, the police oath, because it's hypocritical in his eyes, because they're corrupt, and they protect the, the rich people, but they, you know, persecute the poor, and he's like, I'll go after. Was this move made last year? Yeah. I'll go after any criminal, but the fact that we give rich people a break and people who give us um, gifts a break and everything, I, I just, I just can't take this oath, you know. And it's and that big old, you know, Japanese, everybody's shouting. Then it cuts to a scene where you see this guy's legs on they're the edge of these wooden blocks, like blocks that have been squared off, and on the sharp edges, he's kneeling on them, and he's tied up, so he's forced to kneel on them. 
And these guys are piling slabs of stone on the legs. Apparently, that was a popular uh, medieval time or classical Japan torture. Well, it's Hanzo who's getting tortured. For not signing the oath? Well, actually... Or am I asking too many questions? Yeah. Right. You're asking too... You, you, you keep asking questions. People are going to be interested in seeing this, Todd. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I love how Jeff just is like... Uh, ah. But... um. It, 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 these guys are begging him, don't let us do this anymore. And he's like, put it on, put it on, you know. And it it's funny because this, this guy is kind of like Japanese Chambara version of Hammer Horror. So he starts ah. bleeding this bright red paintish blood. And literally they've got it set up so it's like bubbling out of his legs as he's getting slowly crushed. Uh, his boss comes in. He's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I must experience all the tortures I put our criminals through. I must know the tor. And his whole body, because he's just in his loincloth, his whole body is scarred to shit because he's gone through all these tortures. He's, he's subjected himself to it. And I'm like, boy, this is a real weird, extreme movie. I had no idea how weird. Yeah. Oh. So he, he, the boss argues at him and tells him, stop it, and you got to go do this. I don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. And it ends with the boss storming out. The guys take off the, the slabs of rock, and uh, Hanzo's like, follow him. He must have a weakness. He's just like sick of his boss being on his back, and he's like, everyone's got a weakness, which is really kind of funny because I'm like, incorruptible policeman dude is telling his guys to follow his boss because he must have, hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. It's intriguing. Cut to he's in a Japanese bath. And this is one of those traditional barrel bathtub things. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay. Before the boss left, when he gets untied and he stands up from the torture and he's like, ah, ah, he's got a big boner in his loincloth. Well, that that was left out. Yeah. yeah I, forgot that, I forgot that part. That, and they cut to his boss of, looking at it stunned. And Hanzo's walking away from his boss, looks down off screen, and looks up and goes, Yeah, it, it gets erect when I feel pain. Ha 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 ha. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. So cut to Tell the, me about it. Cut to, the, <laughs> cut to the, the bath scene. He gets out of the bath, and he stands opposite this big bucket of water. And you're, you're, the camera's behind him, but you see him splashing water on himself, and it's quite obvious he's splashing water on his junk. And he does that a few. He does that a, a long time. This okay. is this is this is a while. You're you're sitting here like, okay, I got the picture. He's he's splashing his junk with his water. Then he walks up to this this uh, big block, like a butcher's block of wood, which has this curious indentation in it, shaped like a cock and balls. As it would? Yeah. And he stands opposite uh, the, this. Uh, now, the camera is at a down uh, bird. Uh, I'm sorry, worm's eye view from the front of the, the butcher block. So you see him standing behind the block. And he's obviously placing himself in the indentation. Then he takes out this stick and he starts. And it's quite clear. He's Sometimes it's the only way we can get hard, Christian. <laughs> He's smacking himself. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm like, this movie is definitely just getting weirder and weirder. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see it through, but this sure. is definitely weird. And this goes on forever. It it also takes a while. It's not like you see a couple seconds of that 
right? Even Tarantino would like, and then cut to something else. No, this goes on and on. Then he moves to the big bag of rice. The big bag of rice has a rent in it. He kind of sticks his finger in the rent and some rice comes pouring out. And then he leans on this frame around the bag of rice. And I'm still not sure if he was actually banging the bag of rice or if it was some exercise that maybe toughened his Johnson. But he's getting... push-ups. Yeah, he's getting into the bag of rice. And it's really funny because then it adopts this psychic... Sometimes sandpaper's all we can use, Kirsten. Yeah, you know, rice paper. Uh, (laughs) It it gets this real close-up. You see rice grains shifting and moving in like this this uh blurry blurry uh image and it's just it was bizarre and once again this goes on for a bit it's not like a real quick this is what he does on his downtime let's go to the next no this is the purpose of the movie yeah so all that happens and then we get into some rather blase intrigue (laughs) okay now it's kind of funny because this is this is to me is actually the funniest part of the movie the courtroom in the court, I'm sorry, the, the shogunate court intrigue that he gets caught up in is actually interesting. It's like it's got higher ups and noble ladies of the court conspiring with ninja to to go after this guy and this guy needs to be silenced and there's all sorts of shit going on. So it actually, and there's a man who's been accused of murder but wasn't found guilty but was exiled but he was recently seen in town and what's going on? And... Somewhere along the line, Hanzo discovers, uh, his, his minions discover that his boss has a mistress. So he's like, okay, arrest the mistress. So they frame the mistress for murder. Wow. Incorruptible Officer Hanzo's yes. minions. Yeah, now it's, <laughs> yes. it's a phony murder. She phony. But, it's a, but it's a real arrest. A real arrest. Phony. <laughs> so they take, her, they take her to a river. And they put her on a boat with Hanzo, the sword of justice. And uh, he's, uh, he's going to interrogate her. And his interrogation involves stripping her down and getting her tied up so that she's like tied up in lotus position. And then he's like, I want you to tell me everything about you know, your, uh, your, the man you're having your affair with. I know about your affair with him. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He pushes her forward. And he drops his clothes, and he starts having sex with her. Nowadays, we would call it rape. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'd call it. Yeah. Except his manhood is so magnificent, apparently, oh, Jesus. she oh, starts getting into it. And the torture is not, tell me what I want to know, and I'll stop. Oh, my the, God. The torture is, tell me what I want to know, or I will stop, unless you tell me. What I want to know, then I'll continue. That's that's how I'm, this I just is so there. gross. It yeah, was this. That's really this is this yeah. is this is about where I checked out. <laughs> I just was like, this is too fucking weird. <clears throat> uh, it, I think it was beyond brought to weird. You by Turner Classic Movie. <laughs> yes, dude, it was so. And it's like the guy playing Hanzo produced this. It's his production company. It's one of those things. Yes, it was. It's sort of this guy is like Vincent Gallo. Or or, uh, oh, or the yeah, disaster artist dude, you know. <laughs> it, I was just like, holy crap! It, I did not hurt her. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It just it, it eventually. I 
it it was it was just so weird and uh, and yeah he got her to confess she was like don't stop don't stop i'll tell you everything don't stop don't stop i'll tell you everything god it sounds like so, a freaking lady chatterley movie oh my god back dude in the day. it was just that's yeah that's it was gross. just i was just like <laughs> so I, guy writes movie to play out his inner fantasy yeah but and dude so. dude the 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 the, the, the her, the boss, who's uh-huh. having the affair with her, she turns out to be the girlfriend of the guy who was accused of the murder who is not really exiled. I did not follow that sentence at all. So there is a tie <laughs> between the guy who was exiled and the boss with the courtroom. In- it was like, you know what? You take out all of that BDSM shit. This is actually an interesting little mystery. But it was just, it just got, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And I was like, I, I just, I can't finish this now. I guess I should have stopped much. at the, the screwing the rice. But I, I you think I, I was like, yeah, you know, how, where else could this go? Well, darker and yeah, we learned dirtier. That. So this guy did Lone Wolf and Cub movies, Shintaro Katsu. Okay. So I watched one of the, Lone Wolf and Cub movies, which I actually finished. I watched to the end. And uh, there's one scene where uh, a court lady who's mistress of the sword mistresses of House Yugyu, which uh, there are all these really tough swords women who are trying to kill Lone Wolf, <clears throat> who apparently is played by Shintaro Katsu. And um, there's a scene where the rice fucking in it mm, no <laughs> this is this is gonna get this is it's it, it okay i'll just tell you oh, please, please. they they escape from a ship she's on a ship to assassinate him there are people on the ship that he was going to assassinate but someone else lights the ship on fire the ship maybe burning. she's got her ship together oh yeah. shit up so so they they escape from the ship he escapes with his son it's really funny he puts his son he puts cub <laughs> in the little baby cart and he's like hold on tight and he throws the cart off the ship Woo! flies through the air hits the water then he then he uh pole vaults over the fire to the cart and he's swimming with the cart to shore and behind him comes the lady swimming in her kimono with a wakazashi in her hand and they wrestle in the water and he throws the wakazashi away and brings her up on the shore and he and the kid and the lady go off to a little a little hut that's been abandoned he gets in there and he strips down the kid because their clothes are wet. So you get this little Japanese kid that's naked. And then he strips down to his loincloth because, you know, their clothes are wet. They're all sopping wet. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> so he strips her naked. And she's like, what are you doing? And he grabs her and he pulls her close and sits down on the ground. She's like, how dare you? And then he's like, Daigoro. That's his son. And the kid comes over and he puts the kid between him and the woman. And he's like, it will be very cold tonight. We need to share our warmth or we will all die. And so he hugs her with the kid between them. And, and everybody's naked. And everybody's naked. <laughs> and the kid, like, and there's like a, I don't know. I don't know ages very well. I think the kid's like five. And the kid's like looking close up on him between the lady and, and the guy. And he's like, he, he pounds his dad on the chest, trying to get his attention, but his dad's being all meditative. Because the woman, naked, is reaching around his naked body for his sword, and she's reaching for the sword. But we have a tender moment 
where the lady's boobs... This is the first time I've heard of any tender moment in any of this. (laughs) A tender moment where her boobs, right behind the boy's head, he turns and looks at her boobs, and he brushes some of the water off of her nipple. And you see her look at that, and her face softens, and she pulls her hand away from the sword because the boy bothered to knock some water off her nipple. Have I said fuck this director yet? <laughs> this, this, that, have I uttered this yet? And I was just like, oh. And hey, that was, that was, that was the worst part of that movie. <laughs> Otherwise, it was really fun, hand-chopping, sword-chopping. Oh, the other part of Sword of Justice I forgot to mention are the, the fight scenes. Because the, the lead... I really got to get, I really got to talk to a film historian about this guy. The lead guy wasn't very athletic, but he's running around doing all this Chambara stuff. And then there's this one scene where he's like, op- like how bad, not, not athletic, like, like more recent Steven Seagal films where he tries to quote, perform martial arts against the people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I, actually, that bad? I actually watched a recent Seagal. Oh, Jesus. Why they're, would they're you horrible. do that to yourself? I was curious. <laughs> And I didn't get past ten minutes because yeah. the opening fight scene, he's he's not even trying. Nope, he's not even. He does nope. downward slashes with the katana, and that's all he does. Or he Slash. just. Or the the other one that I see him do, like when I flip through the channels, is he's he's rather overweight now. He's, he's yes. robust. He's like if I and did kung fu. It's like. <laughs> It's like people run at him, and he basically just pushes them out of the way. He's yeah. not actually attacking them yeah. or, de- or quote, defending himself. He's not even he's really just, doing he's, yeah, any kind of a keto. He's doing push keto. It literally looks like people are just running into his fist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's and not it's, an exaggeration. Jeff, it's funny you should mention that. Oh, oh yeah? Because there's a scene where Hanzo is, is practicing his martial arts and this guy it, again it opens up on a garden with a whole bunch of statues of of uh, buddhas and saints and stuff and they're all on the ground knocked over oh. and he's in front of one with his fist held up so it's obvious he's practicing punching statues it's punching buddhas and the guy's like his one of his servants like sir uh, so-and-so is here to see you and he's like oh, all right and he goes oh! and he extends his arm for a punch and it is one of the worst. I'm extending my arm and pussing over this statue moments. <laughs> he doesn't punch it. He literally just, what? And then kind of pushes it over. So it goes, yeah, bonk. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was magnificent. I'm sorry I forgot that part. I really need to tell you guys wanking movie. Oh, my God. Dude, it was crazy. It was crazy. And this guy has done a jillion Lone Wolf and Cub stuff. And I've heard people talk about Lone Wolf and Cub movies, so I was like, is this the guy? Are these the movies they're talking? Because I know that there's been more than one right, type right. of guy it's doing it. And I I can't figure it out because if it's him, wow. <laughs> but that was some interesting... So, I guess so, for this guy, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. He's like, I made my own personal porn that I can watch any time I want. So, you know, Custom in, made. in the words of Jeff, lesson learned. <laughs> if they start fucking a bag of rice. You yeah, know what? Yeah. It's, you, that's, can, you're, you're, you can leave. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a good rule of thumb for us all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, so that was a couple hours of my life. A couple hours. <laughs> I'm glad you used your time wisely. Well, you know, there are other things I did, but heck, I don't even know if I... That's what made the impression. 
That's what stuck with I me. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to analyze Kirsten's thought process. Like, I have all these things that I know that I want to watch, or I could watch this weird ass thing that I have no real interest in watching, but see if it fascinates me. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fascinating in that you know watching the Trump presidency way. It's just. It was just. I did watch Secrets of Blackmore. The okay. uh, Dave Arneson oh, know, okay. beginning a DVD documentary, which was really cool. Um, so I did do that. But, you know, beginning a DVD. There, nobody's fucking bags of rice there. So Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yep. And I uh, uh, debuted a, um, a picture that uh, a friend of mine had drawn of my uh, Warforged character, Metal Storm Fury 9 Omega, ah. in the uh, Saturday group. So... Uh, Phenomenal. Yes, he he now is illustrated. So phenomenal. And uh, yeah, so you know, we solved another mystery with uh, or yeah yeah we did we solved another mystery in the monster of the week. Uh, we Zoinks. fought we fought Bacchus. Ah, and wow, uh, yeah. So that's that's some heavy duty wine god action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was apparently his uh, his bacchanals. Were these orgies of death where he, he's eating people? Oh, it's like Matt actually could write for Shintaro Katsu, um, <laughs> uh, but um, but we 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 all came together and we stopped that. You rubbed the water off his nipple and he <laughs> and became he, nonviolent. And, and he reformed. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, what am I doing? I'm such a bad person." Yerf, <laughs> <laughs> dude. When you see this little kid. I don't know. Turn his eye to a lady's boob, and and he just goes, dinner? (laughs) That's what I thought was going to happen. And I thought she'd get all maternal. No, no. He's like brushing beads of water off her. Oh, God. Such a tender moment. (laughs) (laughs) Todd. I was out of the 70s. It's, It's not just America where they took some risks in filmmaking. (laughs) <laughs> what was your risk write to us comments that I that really take two hours oh my no, no. I'm just shutting it down <laughs> that's it pull the plug uh, nah we, we got news what? to get through there, there were two other Hanzo the Razor movies and I'm like I don't know if I can I don't know if I can start these I haven't finished the first one so you know, you don't want to start the sequel because you won't know what's going on. <laughs> Do you really want to know what's going on? <laughs> there, oh, come on, Jeff. There is a perverse part of you that is like, what happens Not next? Even oh, what does he? What in. does he fuck next? Is ne- it a sheaf of wheat? Next movie night with my wife, we're doing the classics. <laughs> <laughs> Turner classic movies, sweetheart. Turner classic movies. Oh my god. Oh yes, Chambara. Let, let me, me let me tell you about Japanese cinema. <laughs> You're good. Call me Hanzo, <laughs> sweetheart. Get the rice. <laughs> and she and pulls the, out the beat stick. Right, and the anvil with the cock and balls. Oh on my it. god, dude! I was just like, what the. Okay, this. Where is this going? And then he picks up that stick, and you're like, no way. You know what? The the hard on during the torture should have been a warning to us all. <laughs> really, I was like, did I just see that? And then it cuts to this close up of his boss being all like, <gasps> yeah. And, and I was like, oh yeah, we just saw that. <laughs> That's as bad as on the strip one time. What? 
as bad as on the strip one time. Well, like the, you know, the, Jeff the, works the, in a <laughs> tough part of town. The bizarre, did I just see that kind of thing? <laughs> Doesn't help the story, Jeff. I was out. I was out working one day, and this guy is like walking down the strip in a in a bathrobe. Like, not unusual. Not unusual. Not unusual. Not unusual, not unusual um, to wear. A he gets in front of like around Caesar's Palace. He stops. Rips the bathrobe off and, and jumps he's in just the, got a g-string on. He jumps in the. You've told this. You yeah. have told this. Story. Oh, I have told this story. But so yeah. out, continue, out, please. Out come these drumsticks, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck is he gonna do with the drumsticks?" And he starts playing on his junk. <laughs> so not as bizarre as your experience, but yeah, pretty close. It, it's up there. Yeah, uh, you know, were you were you calling out requests? No. It <laughs> <laughs> got a demeanor. <laughs> And Neil enough, Peart solo at Frankfurt during the live rush. <laughs> yeah. Still limelight. Give us limelight. <laughs> Still not the weirdest thing I've seen on the strip. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, that's true. You know, fuck a bag of rice. Who's going to notice? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. You, you can call that up to your room. <laughs> <laughs> I know. With the, uh, the trucks driving around with the big bags of rice pictures yeah. on the side. It, and the, it, it, it says it's a shredder truck, but yeah. it's full of rice. Right, yeah. Straight to you, your you room. You see the Happy Town murders, right? Uh, no. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> the, one of the things in there is where they, if if a puppet goes to prison, they pull out his stuffing and replace it with with rice, and they beat it. It's called pilaf, being pilaf. <laughs> they don't get real descriptive, but at one point, the, the main character goes, well, at least I didn't get pilaf. <laughs> and so, you're 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 criticizing the movies I watch. <laughs> Ah, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, let's do some news you don't give a shit about. I think we're already there. <laughs> right? A science fiction film called B, that's a low, lowercase letter B, oh, Okay. Uh, will star Erica, the actual artificial intelligence. The uh, story will follow a scientist discovering dangers within his program to perfect human DNA, who must help Erica escape from said dangers? The robot will be playing the the robot. Uh, no director or co-stars are attached yet, but <laughs> some of her scenes were filmed in Japan last year, and they hope to film the rest in Europe next year. Uh, this is not the first time Erica or Erato Intelligent Conversational Android created by Hiroshi Ir- here we go, Ishiguro and, and Kohi Ogawa, uh, I got that one right, has booked on-camera work. She was originally slated to star in a different project from American History X director Tony Kay, uh, but scheduling difficulties ended that project. She is also... I'm pre- sure. <laughs> well, she's a very busy AI. <laughs> she has also previously worked as a newscaster for Nippon TV in Japan. So, yeah. So... I assume she's not going to be acting. The, the, they're just going <gasps> to program her lines. Oh, I do. Don't know. You've just totally shattered me. Because you're right. They don't act. They just do. Yeah. It's it's Man. a lear- it's a learning computer. Yes. Oh. But it still. That was about. I, 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 love, I love. There's no one else attached. <laughs> But we've already started filming. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm curious if they, if it, like you said, they they input the lines so that when the actors feed them to her, she responds. Or I'm pretty sure that's maybe exactly they it. maybe they script it for the actors, and then they want to see how the AI responds to the lines. That's that are fed improv. To them. 
Yeah. That's just... It, that would make it a little more interesting, but <laughs> I, I I can almost guarantee if they're making the movie out yeah, of it... probably not. Yeah, they've definitely given... We got a great idea for Matt and Paul. And I saw... Phil, well, yes. That's so, the next bucket show. So now it's children, animals, and a guy that you don't want to perform with? <laughs> you said because AI. The, and, for, to me, it sounded like you said and a guy. I know! I heard that too! <laughs> And a I was like, oh Jesus. my god. I don't I don't act with guys, Jeff. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> Only women oh tied god. up in the position. Animals Fuck. And a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much all the stuff I don't do porn with. <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to <laughs> Notice Rice was not in the list. Yeah. <laughs> Children animals. A guy and rice. <laughs> a bag of rice. <laughs> Keep vamping. I'm writing. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, oh. A great. I have rice. to worry about my diction. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, well, when We're you get out the, about your diction. We get the beat stick out. We'll just. We, we've heard about the size of your diction. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's pounded shape of your diction right here on this plastic table. So look forward to uh, eventually <laughs> lowercase b. Yes. To see, I watched footage of this uh, this robot in in mm-hmm. motion. It's disturbing. Yeah. It, yeah. it listens and responds, right. but it's, it's very much in that uncanny valley kind of yeah. thing. Isn't so she not- the one that made the joke? What uh, uh, What would you like to do? And she like said, destroy all mankind. And then it was a joke. And then did the ha 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 something ha, like ha, that, where ha, <clears throat> you're just like. Not creepy at all. Yeah, people, people, the headline was just like, she, she, she seriously said that. And was just, I don't know. And Yeah, it's funny because like they, they made her look somewhat realistic. Yeah. But she's not like ultra realistic, like say like a Madame Tussauds right. wax figure or right. anything. It's like they stopped just short of that. Mm-hmm. It you know would what? be really creepy if they did make it look really human. You know, fuck this world. Skynet, do your thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I don't, I don't know. want to live can't, on this planet Can't anymore. get much worse. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> he said Stop five, saying he that. He said five months ago. <laughs> yeah. Stop saying that. You've been saying that for the last year, and now we're where we're at. Have I said that? No. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, and it's rice. All the, it's all that and a bag of rice. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title of the show. Uh, nope. It's children, animals, and a guy. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I like it's all that Annabelle. <laughs> well, Jeff, that's because you have no vision. <laughs> oh, I have vision, all right. <laughs> <laughs> News don't give a shit about. And the guy. <laughs> I heard the same thing, Todd. <laughs> Not I what I said. I heard the same. F- you just play it back right now. I- <laughs> It's, There'll be plenty of opportunity for that tomorrow. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Send a loop and a guy and a guy and a guy and a guy and a guy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, <sighs> a reboot of the 1990s thriller Twister is reportedly in the works from Universal Pictures. Why? The project is in talks with director Joseph Kosinski. Uh, Kosinski is currently directing Tom Cruise in the upcoming Top Gun Maverick, having worked with Cruise previously in the 2013 post-apocalyptic action film Oblivion. His sci-fi work also includes 2010's Tron Legacy. 
The original 96 film thrust a fraught husband and wife dynamic against a storm-tossed adversity of a real-life tornado chasing, culminating in the duo getting caught up in the twister of a lifetime in the plains of Oklahoma. Directed by Jan DeBont from a screenplay by Michael Crichton and Anne-Marie Martin, Twister took in nearly $500 million tickets sales worldwide. That's why they're remaking it, because Twister was the unexpected breakout hit. Now let's expect a breakout hit. And yeah, Uncle Henry Toto, it's a twister, it's a twister. Yeah, that's uh, that's, Man. that's the fine commentary you get on Geek Shot. <laughs> you know, yeah, funny, but, but you're right. Why? Yeah. Why make Yeah, this? I Yeah. Especially like they've taken the ride out that was at Universal Orlando. Oh well, so there's not really any reference for no younger reason audiences. to do the movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's an option thing. I mean, but my, I mean, seriously though, who's going to be like, oh, I can't wait for the rights to Twister to finally be available again for an option. Yeah. I've been w- waiting to jump on that for ages. Which is really funny because I don't think you can, I don't think you can copyright a movie about storm chasers <laughs> and a and a tornado. You just call it tornado. Sure. I mean, it's it's a movie that's got some fun lines in it, but it's not. I will defend Twister. Twister is a fun film. Well, yeah, you and I saw that years ago when you were still in Evansville. So one of the great original DVDs when DVD first came out, the thing you showed off your sound system with. Ah. Did have good surround sound on that original. Yeah, there you Uh, go. And at the time, the effects were great for getting in. Ooh, this is what heavy. Tornadoes are late like, 90s, yeah. yeah. Crazy. But at the same time, it's not a great story. <laughs> is 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 yeah, is it what more do you want to tell with this story? It's it's like, you know what? Twister was a good film, but I think we could have uh, delved a little deeper into the sub-characters into why they followed uh, their varying groups of of, of with this wife and no, no no one, no one wants that. It's so funny. Because I don't, it, it never, it never ceases to amaze me that they always feel that that's necessary. What about the husband and wife being in love and being together, and one of them is endangered by the twister? Period. There you go. <laughs> right, but okay. but it's no. It's like well, they're divorcing. They're not. They're having problems. They're, they're they're not getting along. They're not happy with each other. Oh, look, the twister brings them back together. Wind brings them together. Absolutely. Yeah, really. And it's it's sort of honestly. It, it, Honest Trailers did a uh, uh, episode featuring Twister about three weeks ago. Oh, wow. That pretty much su- <laughs> that pretty much sums it all up. Maybe this is old news because they seem to be on top of this already. <laughs> but yeah, that, if, you, if you haven't seen Honest Trailers on YouTube, it's hilarious. They they take and make a fake trailer. Uh, they do a lot of the same stuff that Screen Rant does with the uh, the pitch meeting stuff, right, yeah. pointing out the, some of the absurdities of yeah, well, films. It's, it, but it, Honest Trailers, yeah, they did this three weeks ago. That's why it was like fresh in my mind. I'm like, didn't I just watch that? And I just double checked. But yeah, yeah uh, watch it. I mean, it pretty much sums up everything you need to know about it just, the movie. <clears throat> I don't understand. I just don't understand it because it's, it. I mean, it's sort of like the, the when we talked about Color Out of Space. I felt a story. Colorado actually, space. Yeah. Colorado space and a guy. And um, it, it would have been, the, that story actually would have been more compelling if the family was entirely functional and everybody was good. And then it started disintegrating. But a fractured, broken family starting to disintegrate, it was like, meh. You <laughs> yeah. know, it, it's yeah. okay. You know, <clears throat> so 
and and but but it's it there. exacerbates the tragedy. It's it's there in the heads, and they can't they can't shake that kind of thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Oh well, all right, fine. So we'll get some new tris- right. twister CGI. I mean, I, I can we'll under- see. Yeah, yeah. I it's can got under- good pedigree behind it. Yeah, I can Ish. understand. You know, when they remade RoboCop, it yeah. wasn't a good remake. But I understand remaking it. Yeah, there might be something else to say with RoboCop. Yeah, and. There are certain elements of the original RoboCop that are somewhat dated. Sure, they're, they're definitely it's a definitely a product of its time that late eighties and the whole cokehead corporate yeah head. I mean, come on, like in, <laughs> yeah. like that ever happens? Federal, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. um, you know. I can understand why they would try to do it because technology is caught up past the point where a lot of what you saw in the original is outdated. Sure, and it was it was also a satirical comment. Yes. On crime and police brutality, right? I'm, you know, it's not like that's topical now. No, not at sure. all. And they just released the uh, teaser trailer for the new Candyman, and that looks great. And I'm ready for a new reboot of Candyman. Candyman, the original Candyman had fantastic things to say about the nature and necessity of folklore. I want to see what this one has to say about whatever. I can't see. Anything yeah. new to say about Twister? No. You could said- always have the Facebook group that says going inside when the Twister alarms goes off <laughs> is a suppression of their freedom. It is. And they sh- they, they refuse to go inside because... Yeah. You know, it, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas, Tornado Alley, and there are these those assholes that refuse to go inside when the sirens are going off. Imagine that. You know. Like, I, can't, I can't imagine in this world that there are people like that. Yeah. And and this, the stupid thing I hear, I would hear from them is like, well, if the tornado's going to get me, it's going to get me. That That's, it's like, <laughs> that's it's right. like so, so taking the step to go into your basement, which would offer you a lot of protection, is somehow absurd rather than staying outside right. where your odds of survival are dramatically lower i whatever it's in fear of the allegory alarm going yeah, off i know right? um, i'm just going to throw in a bag of rice all right yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, sad though because uh, uh, you know you said he directed oblivion right yeah that was in their list that's that's, that's a fantastic film i yeah. i really mm-hmm. enjoyed that um ironically the first movie i saw at galaxy Green oh, Valley when really? it opened. Oh, right. And uh, Tron Legacy wasn't bad. Tron, I, I like Tron Legacy. I think Tron Legacy was somewhat underrated. I, 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 I think agree. it was unfairly criticized harshly. Even the original Tron's not a outstanding <laughs> no. story. No, it isn't. Hey, hey, hey. I love that it's movie. It's fun. But no. I love it. But hey. yeah, it's not, a, it's not a ridiculously outstanding dramatic story. What? Yeah. You guys... So you guys, anyways, Jeff, I, I thought it fit in with it. Jeff, end of line. End of line. <laughs> end of line. Damn it. End of line. <laughs> Weekend geek. Woohoo! And a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Free comic book day didn't happen this year, but that doesn't mean the event is going away. Instead, this year it's now going to run for an entire summer. Wow. Free comic book day organizers announced last week that instead of cramming all of the annual releases for the event into one rescheduled Saturday, this time Free Comic Book Summer will take place 
of the usual one-day event and give us a selection of five new free comics every week from July 15th through September 9th. It's cool. The same 45 titles we'd previously heard about from big and small publishers will still be coming out, but this year they'll be released at a rate of five or six new books each week for nearly two months. That means each time you go to pick up your comics, you'll have the opportunity to find a new story, whether it's something from from a creator you know or love or something you never heard before. Plus, organizers are encouraging local retailers to adapt to this change uh, (laughs) in a way that suits their situation at the time. How are you interpreting that, Kay? I just... Encouraging you to adapt to the change. It's just, you know, it's like, well, my car broke down. Well, I encourage you to adapt to the change and walk to work. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think sure. it's that way. But I hear that phrase. Sure. It's, I Especially encourage now. you to adapt to the change, and it's, it's always a condescending. You're fucked. <laughs> Shut up. You know what, Kirsten? Listen to Seven of Nine. You will adapt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And saying, again, adapt, for example, the retailers can offer all that week's titles at once, drop one new one each day, or come up with some other promotional plan. Uh, So so it's it's a way for the uh, comic book retailers to use that at their level. Well, uh, yeah, but if they comic book retailer across the street from your comic book retailer is dropping them all in one day sure and you want to do the once a day over the course of a week ah but if there's something that's super popular and it runs out and that dropped all one day shit and they might be available at the other comic book retailer damn okay all right you you just you just you you sank my battleship (laughs) I was like, I don't know about this, and you just, you just, okay. I'm actually kind of glad because I, I thought the alternative might be they might just do like a digital comic book day and have you download it to your tablet or and, whatever. And I'm glad that's not what yeah, they're doing because it, it encourages you to go yes to the comic book it, store like like last week wearing Negan your li- mask <laughs> like last week's Negan lives yeah that it's it's something to benefit comic book retailers and what they're going yeah, through exactly. Yeah. Uh, so free comic book summer 2020 kicks off in a few weeks with comics like Power Rangers, The Road to Ranger Slayer from Boom Studios Boom. and My Little Pony Friendship is Magic series by IDW, Marvel's X-Men offering and more. Uh, for the full list of titles releasing summer long, uh, head over to the free comic book day website. And geek shocks, children, animals, <laughs> and a guy. <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> I would so read that comic. <clears throat> what? It- What's the guy gonna do? Yeah, it's well, it's this, <laughs> it's this Midwest svelte guy with a big beard. Yeah, and uh, how did the children and animals figure in? Well, actually, 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 I was waiting for it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gotten that no, far okay. yet. This is very high concept. Put a pin in it. Like, like <laughs> so high. All I've got is a title that sounds. Sometimes it's all you sometimes need. Sometimes very dark webby. <laughs> it's a good title. It's all you need. It's the core basis of this show. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> there you go. The whole concept's just built around it. Margot Robbie is set to star in Disney's upcoming female-led Pirates of the Caribbean remake. She can star in anything she wants. The film oh, is being yeah. written by Bumblebee and Birds of Prey writer Christina Hodson. <laughs> You almost read that like a Jeff way. It's written by Bumblebee. <laughs> me, 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 me. <clears throat> Baby. 
It was previously revealed that franchise veteran Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Mac Mazin. His name's not Mac Mazin, it's Craig Mazin. Where the fuck am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, my brain's just making up shit now. <laughs> Doesn't it always? <laughs> Craig Mazin were brought on to develop a story. It was previously reported that Jack Sparrow will be replaced by a female pirate named Red in the reboot. This is the pirate that was included in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at the Disney theme parks. Red can be seen in the auction scene of the ride. Karen Gillian was said to be originally up for the role, and Jerry Bruckheimer produced all five films in the franchise and will produce this new reboot as well. I hear there's an online petition to make Jack Sparrow a part of the movie, and I'm like, come on, guys. (laughs) It's like... I get why they're doing it, but at the same time, it's like, let Margot Robbie have her moment first. It's not only that, but the chutzpah. Yeah. The the chutzpah of a a group of movie fans um, saying, ah, no, put this in the movie. Hey, let us help you write it. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off, really. Uh, I mean... I love I I love Margot Robbie. Yes, and actually Karen Gillan too. Yeah, but I have I, to. But you know those the Pirates movie. They really were. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, they really were all about Johnny Depp. They are. Yeah, this is going to no, be no, a no, hard sell. No, ma- no matter whatever concept they came up with, and they came up with some weird ass shit. The 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 various iterations of like the ghost ships and shit like that. The the first one's the only one I really liked. Mm-hmm. After that, it was all diminishing returns for me. But it was personally. still, and it was still Johnny Depp. Right. And it's just like, I you know, boy oh boy. I, I don't know. I, I get it. it. Depp has his fans, and for good reason. He knocked that character out that of the park. That character was fucking balls to the wall insane. Yeah. And it was it was extremely fun to watch. And it's just, uh, you know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think for a minute she's going to copy that. Of course not. But, wow, what in the hell is she going to come up with? It's, Mix, it's mixed, an uphill battle, no doubt about it. Yeah. Mix together a fun alcoholic with batshit insanity, and you get Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, really. I don't, yeah. Outgoing Disney CEO Bob Iger told shareholders in March that Song of the South, the 1946 Disney film long criticized for its racist depictions, would never be coming to Disney+. Plus. Now the company, and I'm not, I said it wrong, now the company is re- reconfiguring its Splash Mountain ride away from associations with that film, which Iger said, quote, it's not appropriate in today's world, unquote. According to a Disney Parks blog post, the theme ride, which is at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, will be rebranded away from the film and toward 2009's The Princess and the Frog. The announcement comes amid ongoing anti-racist protests and a renewed conversation on racial justice and equality. Disney says that these plans have been in the works since 2019. Quote, We picked up the story long after the final kiss and joined Princess Tiana and Lewis on a new musical adventure featuring some of the powerful music from the film as they prepare their first ever, ever Mardi Gras performance, writes Michael Mar- uh, Ramirez, public relations director for Disneyland's resorts. The concept is in inclusive one that all of our guests can connect with and be inspired by and it speaks to the diversity of millions of people who would visit our parks every year the blog post says noting the film's new orleans ties fits perfectly with one of the original lands in disneyland Mm. 
Disney has added a disclaimer to several offerings on its Disney Plus streaming service, which warns of, quote, outdated cultural depictions. The company has also focused attention on other controversial depictions found around its theme parks, evident in recent overhaul of elements of Pirates of the Caribbean, adding red to that ride from the previous selling off of women in that part. Uh, So I'm all for this. When I... I will go into this ride knowing more about its subject matter than I did going into the ride about Song of the South. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Song of the South, it's like there's so many people out there right now that are angry about this, but they don't understand a lot of the origins of the elements in that ride as they're being depicted by animals that were stereotypical depictions of African-Americans pre- and post-slavery. And it's really, like you said, and Iger mentioned, it just has no place in today's society. Those kinds of depictions have no place other than in a museum to educate on how... That movie belongs in a museum! (laughs) To educate how a class of people were subjugated for so long. So, and if you yeah. if you didn't know that movie and few let's face it do. The movie has not been available for ages. No, yeah. I I saw it I want to say kindergarten ish age. I never saw it. It was shown to me in, yeah, in school. school. Yeah. As I'd say about yeah, kindergarten first grade. Yeah. Sounds about right. Was that the the lead in to the white production of the Wiz in the <laughs> first school? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, it's. We, we, and I was already familiar with it because I had the little golden book of it. Oh, did I you? The golden book. So yeah, so I was I was very familiar with the Tar Baby story. Oh boy, Christ. Yeah. Um, and Splash Mountain. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to it's hard to get people to separate themselves from the nostalgia factor that they had fun riding that ride. It's a very charming ride and there's a lot of people's had a lot of people had such a great time riding that ride and and the music's catchy yeah and of course and it them making the ride in the first place was kind of them for lack of a better word whitewashing the characters and story anyway and especially when they built it it was late 80s right that sounds right or early 90s yeah i think is closer um but Sure, change it. Absolutely. I saw in some fact, of the concept art, and it looks, it looks, it does a good job of making it look entirely appropriate and and, and a good fit. And in fact, lest we, lest we all forget, Walt Disney himself even said that is that both parks were never going to be finished. There were always going to be changes. There are always going to be rides that are taken away and replaced with something else. It's just the nature of what he yeah, wanted. It was right after he said, my racism won't last forever. <laughs> <clears throat> I am all for Disney making a new ride. I'm even more yeah. all for Disney making a new dark ride. And if we have to lose Splash Mountain to get a new one, fine. But are they are they doing it? Or I thought they were just, they were redressing that's Splash ex- Mountain. That's exactly it. The, yeah. it's the tra- I'm sure the track is going to remain the same. All the show elements are going to change. Re-themed. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I don't want to see 
is 2D video screens all over that thing trying to play like it's a 3D thing. Stop it. Like, <laughs> make animatronics, Disney. Like go. like the Finding Nemo ride? Yes, <laughs> like the Finding Nemo ride. You, you pull that sh- bullshit, my support goes away. Yeah. No, the... It was so... Yeah. I, I wrote that recently. It's so weird because you're going through all of these, for lack of a better word, kind of almost ancient pieces of Disney history that were that were built for the original submarine ride. And then all of a sudden you're in a dark cave and you think, Oh, there's an, Nope, that's not an animatronic. There's a video screen showing it's clips of animation. Yeah. 89, 89, 89? Disneyland, 89, the magic kingdom, 92, Tokyo, Disney, 92. All right. Yeah. It, um, it, I, I think, uh, yeah, I like the fit. I really do. It's kind of funny. There was a time when I was sort of like, um, you know, I sort of did that kind of erasing history thing, but it was like, you know, um, I think the big thing that I want to see is a good quality replacement, you know? Yeah. All right, all right we're going to take this away. What are we putting in its place? And the princess and the frog fits, because it, it doesn't just, it isn't like, that's just a good story that fits with a log flume. It's like the the whole nature of it's in, in you know the 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 black princess, a, a non-white princess, the New Orleans aspect and all that stuff. It actually a lot of it rolls into it rather nicely, and um, I, I just like the whole the whole thing behind it as opposed to I don't know, like a, a hunchback of Notre Dame log flume or you know. Some fucking thing like that. And yeah. frankly, I think Disney at this point, Disney World, Disneyland, yeah. can go ahead and get rid of Critter Country as, yeah. as a land yeah. itself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like Jeff said, the whole constantly evolving. and Because they already got rid of Bear Jamboree, which was kind of the core of the theme of it. Yeah. And that's so sad they got rid of Bear Jamboree. I think it's still in Disney World. Uh it was when I was there, but I think it closed down shortly after. I'm going okay. to have to look into that to be sure. But Disneyland's been gone for ages because yeah, they took yeah. that out to create the uh, Pooh Bear's Honey Pot yeah. dark ride. Oh, Honey Pot. That's just misogynist. <laughs> they need to get rid of that. <laughs> but the, you know, those, yeah. are, those are the only two rides in Critter Country. It's Splash Mountain and the Winnie the Pooh ride. Yeah. That's Critter Country. So if you take the Splash Mountain and hook it up to the New Orleans area yeah. now, then all you have in Critter Country is the Winnie the Pooh ride. So, oh, bother. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, yeah. Haunted House is part of the New Orleans. Yes. Thing, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And quite frankly, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we're adults and yes, we like to ride some of these rides. But to be fair, these rides were designed for children. And when you have elements that are in there, that quite frankly are things that maybe you don't want to have kids well, it's, learning and, about. I and mean, it's it's not the, just that, but it's also the the place, right? Yeah. Federico dragged me onto a Splash Mountain. He had to. Exp- I'd never seen Song of the South, so he had to explain the whole story to me as we're going up the track because I didn't understand any of it, and it was really funny because Fed was enough of a Disney fan that he kind of glossed over the racism aspect of Song of the South. And so 
the whole thing just confused actually confused me yeah it's it's not a, a cohesive story dark ride it's, yeah it's a lot it's just a lot of fun yeah, story bra- elements that you Rabbit, ride by. okay and you know i was just yeah there was a lot of it i was just like so it's sort of like you bring in princess of the frog there's more to develop there there's more to use right it it you know it just i mean it makes sense on so many different levels i'm kind of I've kind of like myself, uh, I mean, uh, in varying degrees on varying things, have so so turned around on the quote-unquote preserving history. Right. Because it's like usually usually that phrase now, I see it as as a, um, <laughs> kind of like a dog whistle yeah. for, you know, especially when you find out where the history comes from. Well, yeah, I mean, pirates, what I was going to refer to is in, in pirates, they replaced the, the redhead, um, in the auction with a, a pirate, and it's not an it's not really an auction anymore. Uh, I know a lot of people lost their mind about that, and I'm th- and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what does that say to a kid that's riding through the ride and sees a woman being sold? What is that? Especially if it's a young girl, what is that going to do for her self esteem? Right, right. It's just like, oh, this is what I have to look forward to. I'm going to be sold off. Well, that's if it. you run into pirates, yeah. you know, it's a good, it's a good. So point. I mean, it's like little yeah. things like that that. It's okay for them to tweak. You don't and need to lose that, your freaking mind about it. We got a badass animatronic out of it because that yeah. red animatronic is phenomenal along with the Johnny Depp animatronics. Yeah, throughout. exactly. So just beautiful how they're done. Man, I just I just got to reiterate. The Pirates of the Caribbean ride that I believe is in Tokyo Disneyland, the mm-hmm. one that is based on the new Pirates movies versus the old right, one. Yeah. Check it out on YouTube if you haven't because that ride is amazing. Yeah, it's, My it's pretty God. great. Oh, pretty great. Okay. I was I was gonna say, when were you in Japan? I was. I wrote it on YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in, if you get nostalgic for the Song of the South uh, Splash Mountain, it's there's gonna be plenty, on YouTube. Yeah, there's you, already videos. You can virtually write it anytime you want. And speaking plenty of, of tar- ride throughs, pirates go to Tortuga and watch Song of the South. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> hey. not gonna do that at all. <laughs> you know, it's uh, when I heard the. The when I gave some thought to the lyrics of Jimmy Crack Corn, I don't, I don't I care, Kristen. I don't care. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Crack Corn. I don't care. I don't care. The master's gone Just away. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the master Torgo's gone away. <laughs> well, it's really funny because I was just like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it as a kid sure. singer. It meant nothing to me, and then. Uh, I saw a, a Bugs Bunny clip where he was singing it uh, in like the last year, and that that lyric just jumped out at me, and I was like, "Holy crap! That's what that lyric is saying." It, it hits you like a brick when it happens, right? <sighs> uh, this week we lost Kelly Asbury. Uh, animation story artist and director died at the age of 60. Asbury spent his professional life in the animation business through and through, where he worked as story or visual development artist on features like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Nightmare Before Christmas, Toy Story, Wreck-It Ralph, and Frozen. Later on in his career, he began directing animated features as well, including Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, and Shrek 2, both of which received Oscar nominations for Best Animated Feature. The last film he directed was Ugly Dolls, 2019, where he took over after director Robert Rodriguez left the production. Outside of the animation space, Asbury also had a love of ventriloquism, which led him to write 2003's book, Dummy Days, America's Favorite Ventriloquists from Radio and Early TV. 
Yeah, he attached to a lot of great animation. Yeah. Absolutely. Big hand and all that. Thank you, Big Hand. We appreciate you. Solstice Studios, the company behind Unhinged with Russell Crowe, has picked up screenwriter Graham Moore's futuristic thriller Mindfall. Cedric Jimenez, that's uh, from who did the, the Man with the Iron Heart, is set to direct. The film takes place in a world where illicit technology allows you to remove memories from one person's mind and implant them into someone else. Ooh. When a woman gets involved with the black in the black memory market, she finds herself accused of murdering a man she has no recollection of knowing. Moore won Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar for writing Morden Tidium's World War II drama, The Intimidation Game. Hmm. Interesting. I love this next story. I'm so happy for this next story. You, you look it. I'm. I'm just. I can't. I can't wait. Jeff, have you seen him so happy? I, I before? can't wait. Only on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix announced it has picked up Cobra Kai for a third oh, season yeah. after the Karate Kid sequel series parted ways with YouTube Premium. Set 30 years after the All-Valley Karate Tournament in 1984, the show finds LaRusso as a successful businessman struggling to maintain balance in his life without the guidance of late mentor Mr. Miyagi. He once again finds himself squaring off with his original adversary as Lawrence, seeking uh, redemption, opens up the old Cobra Kai dojo and trains up a new generation of students. Martin Cove also returns as Johnny's old sensei, John Kreese. The first season holds a rare 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The second outing fell to a dismal 88% (laughs) for a total series average of 94%. Goodness. Uh, I never watched it on YouTube. I know they released like the first season at one point on it. Yeah, Yeah, they had. They had it all for free. uh, Even the second season? Just the well, just the first season. Okay, okay. I, I don't know if they did the same with the second. And season. And that's not but, why yeah. I never did it because I'm like I, I know I'm going to enjoy the first season. I don't want to get sucked into the second season. Right. So now that Netflix has picked it up, I am assuming they're getting all the seasons. Yes. That's what I'm um, assuming too, and I can't wait. There was a another version of an article I read that said that yes, they were going to put season one and two up before they launched, or yeah. sorry, yeah, before the season that's in production or about to be in production. So, that's, so yeah, all of them will be on. I really that. like the. I really, I really like because of the way people say it's. It's got the twist, right? Which, which is really intriguing. It's just Larusso really is real. kind of the the baddie. Yeah, really intriguing. So and yeah, I I was the same way. I didn't. It it came on for free, and I was like, ah. and I was like, I don't know. Somewhere, somehow, I'll get to see it. I don't know when. So I, I have this it set now. to go into my list once it's officially launched, but it is not yet available. On okay, and, and that's well, what I first, don't know is first seasons. when it will be, but I'm, I'm happily there when it finally drops. Yeah. Yeah, their, their coming soon thing is weird because like you'll scroll through all the movies and TV or movies and series that are coming soon, and then all of a sudden you'll be like one day in there and it's like, just launched and it's like wait what when did this launch there wasn't any kind of notification <laughs> right because apparently there's a there's a, a transformers animated series that's coming up very soon yes we talked about that i know but i meant <laughs> <sighs> we lost him in exasperation <laughs> yeah dr sleep just dropped oh yeah. yes and it was really funny yeah well it's on uh, hbo well yeah yeah but i mean on max yeah i, yeah, I yeah. don't have hbo well, I have Max. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for <laughs> What You Got Theater. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> Baby, I want it. 
Unless it's a bag of rice, sure. Yee. George, a George Romero. Don't eat that. You oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God. Yeah. Fucking wasting food. I know, right? What does he do? He like goes to the orphans. Here, I'm done with this. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, no, no, it has not touched my thrashed penis. Yes, thrashed, thrashed penis. Andy, what's that the cover band for? There we go. <laughs> Stay tuned for the answer. Yeah, Shock Monkey's Lair. I want you guys to light it up. A George Romero film that's never been made available to the public may be released for the first time after almost 50 years. Whoa. Romero tackled plenty of social satirical subject matter over the course of his career, but 1974's The Amusement Park took the director in a different, well, direction. The Amusement Park was, quote, commissioned by the Lutheran Society to raise awareness about ageism and elder abuse, unquote according to a release from Yellow Veil, which notices, uh, notes that the film then allowed Romero free reign with allegory and terror. <laughs> I love that phrase. Wow. Uh, Lincoln Mazel stars as an old man whose uh, disorientation, distance, and disaffectation from society is made clear and visual through an experience at an amusement park. The George Romero Foundation... Suzanne Romero and Indie Collect helped restore this mostly unseen film that's rested dormant for 46 years. The company is now seeking distribution at the Cannes Film Festival at the virtual market, which may mean the film could make its way to moviegoers around the world. Cool. The Amusement Park, the lost George Romero film I've yeah. never heard of. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I don't remember hearing anything about it either. So That's very cool. That also, is cool. Also, I, I want a I private eye horror series called allegory and terror they're two private eyes looking I, to solve horrific mysteries i would watch that especially if professor biggs played one of them uh, <laughs> oh my god well, who, he would be allegory right yes <laughs> you, 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 and he plays terror <laughs> oh man on our next zoom theater <laughs> <laughs> you should you should have seen him in this last game session because it's like we're fighting we're fucking fighting this goddamn Bacchus and Steve's character is still trying to interview him while we're fighting. It's like, would you just, would you just do something? Well, well, I am. I'm asking him if he ever. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, journalists, man, <laughs> they're the worst. Warner Brothers, DC, and Spotify announced a multi-year partnership to produce original scripted podcasts. Spotify will get first rights on any narrative audio projects inspired by DC comic books, as well as the studio's, quote, broader collection of timeless titles, unquote. In addition, all parties will collaborate on the creation of original IPs. Quote, Warner Brothers has been synonymous and... God, my, my reading. My, Warner Brothers has been synonymous with compelling and unforgettable storytelling for nearly a century. And we're continuing to expand that legacy across all types of media platforms for our fans. They said in a statement, Spotify's deep engagement with its consumers. And I always love reading PR shit. Commitment to prioritizing their podcast vertical, vertical makes them an ideal partner. Right? Commitment to prioritizing their podcast vertical makes them an ideal partner in this endeavor. We're excited. Why, why, why didn't they just say their podcast obelisk? <laughs> sure. Why not? Makes all the difference. 
We're excited to bring beloved characters and franchises from DC and Warner Brothers to this new world and to use our storytelling prowess to redefine what's possible in the scripted audio space. New world. DC's been making audio versions of their stuff for years. I've, I've had a a CD thing of a, yeah. one of the Joker stories that's yep. done as a radio play form. I've got that, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. So, so basically, they have the rights to all those, and they made a bunch of those. Yes, they did. And any new ones that they come up with, but uh, this new world to use our storytelling process. But hey, Spotify, we're for sale. Ladies for and gentlemen. the right price. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new world of radio plays. Okay. <laughs> Amazon Studios is partnering with Michael B. Jordan's production company, Outlier Society, to create a series of free drive-in movie screenings this summer in communities across the country. The series of events, collectively called A Night at the Drive-In, will feature a variety of films that feature multicultural and diverse voices, including Black Panther, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Hook, and Get Out. The screenings will take place from July 1st to the end of August. Showtimes, locations, and tickets are on Amazon Studios' A Night at the Drive-In website. This next one, I wasn't sure where to classify it. I decided to go ahead and put it in Weekend Geek. Okay. Uh, because I'm sure some people out there are really attached to this. I, I think this one goes beyond our age demographic a little bit. All right. Scholastic is developing a live-action Animorphs film based on K.A. Applegate's best-selling young adult book series about young people who can turn into animals. Uh, 54 Animorph novels were published between 1996 and 2001, wow. with over 34 million copies in print. Jake, um, Marco, Cassie, Rachel, and Tobias serve as the main characters, using their morphing talents to stave off a secret alien invasion of Earth. The book spawned a short-lived TV adaptation in the late 90s that ran for two seasons on Nickelodeon and Global. No screenwriter is yet confirmed. So I think someone out there is excited about this. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Animorphs. I, I remember seeing the books. I vaguely remember them. Seeing them in, in, in the bookshelves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They didn't speak to me at the time. They still really don't. Well, would, they were would animals. That been, would, that been, would that have been like post-scholastic book club slash bookstore that you used to get when you were in grade school? Because you said it's Scholastic it's the, it's Publishers. The, it's the but, same company, but Scholastic's right. been doing it for ages. Well, I meant, I, I know they did a lot of, originally they did a lot of stuff only exclusively through what you could buy in school. Sure. But and the, then they started putting stuff on the bookshelves like at Barnes and & Noble and right. and, books, and And this is more during that time. So, okay. Definitely. Like, I remember seeing these in bookstores. Because I, I don't know enough about the history of this. And uh, I remember seeing a lot of them at bookstores. There's like Goosebumps. You, 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 oh, yeah, every, everywhere you look, there's a whole bunch of them. Well, I yeah, remember Animorphs. Was really popular right after I graduated high yeah. school. So. Well, Goosebumps was sort of like the kid thing Yeah. right before uh, Potter. I remember yeah. everybody sure. talking about Goosebumps, and then all of a sudden Potter came along, and that was it. I'm surprised R.L. Stein didn't like, you know, throw himself out a window or something. Just fuck it. Doug Lyman, uh, director behind the Born Identity and Jumper, is attached to direct a action-adventure film that Tom Cruise is working on with Elon Musk's SpaceX and NASA. 
Although details on the film's story and title are still unknown, NASA confirmed that Cruz was in discussion with Musk's SpaceX about teaming up with the National Aeronautics and Space Administration to shoot the first narrative feature film in outer space. Yep. The project is fi- set to be filmed on the International Space Station. Lyman is writing the first draft of the screenplay and producing the film with Cruz. So is this how this started? Did, did, did it start with um, Cruz going, you know what? I want to go into space. Let's make this happen. I it, want to make a movie in space. It started with NASA's contract with Boeing and SpaceX for the commercial crew program because one of the stipulations was that they would be able to take a very limited number of passengers every few launches up to the International Space Station. So you would have people that could actually buy their way onto the space station. Sure. And then you know how Tom Cruise is with his stunts and you know being very involved in action, and he's always looking for the next big thing. And I guess at some point he's like, hey, what if we shot a movie in space? Now that there's a way for us to... Get to space at a reasonable price. Wouldn't it be weird though if this is how we lost Cruz and all right. the, all, and all the all the self stunts that he does? Right. That uh, actor Tom Cruise floated off into space today as they could not reach him. And yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's Tom Cruise. Two years from now, he will have circled around his son, and he comes back, and he's got a great story to tell. <laughs> and he'll do. <laughs> He'll do a real Halo, um, yeah, and, and Halo, uh, you know, space dive. Yeah, sp- and and he'll he'll his parachute will pop out. Where he got a parachute, nobody fucking knows. And he'll fucking glide into some goddamn stadium, land, laugh, and then tell you all the cool stuff he's seen. And you know, it's, it, it's he, survi- he survives on his urine, yeah. and everyone knows Scientology makes your urine urine nourishing. There you so, go. So he's able Nurin. to urine. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I survived on my Nurin. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't just rename the episode, did no, we? No, that's the sub name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nurin Trouble. If, if you download this onto a podcast or something, get an al- album title, you get a sub name for every there podcast. You go, there you we'll go. see him do a... Children, Animals, and a Guy. Nurin Trouble. We'll see him do like a free re-entry, all of the uh, deleted scene from Star Trek Generations <laughs> with... With Kirk diving through the atmosphere and then parachuting down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Except man. Cruz would do it in real life. You yeah. know, like, he's oh, like, yeah. fuck that CG. I want a, I want a suit that'll allow me to re-enter the atmosphere. Yeah. I want to come down like a fireball. You, you, and- you see, yeah, all the flames around everything. And it burns off his suit yeah. and leaves him in this perfect little Venture Brothers like speed suit yeah. underneath, you know. And, and then, then his, the suit goes out and then he lands, he takes it off, and he's got a perfect like tuxedo underneath yeah. and, and a beat. And, and, and then and, then and, it, it'd be right into the Mission Impossible yeah. theme. Dun, and, and he, he just dun, dun, and he's, dun, he's dun, doing the Tom dun. Cruise laugh. Just <laughs> it, just and lands on the stage in time to win his award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it, oh my god, dude, that would actually be funny. They finally give up and say, you know, they have the Tom Cruise memorial commemoration ceremony, and he just surprise, motherfuckers, yeah. and he just comes in <laughs> laughing. I, I'd like to accept this award on behalf <laughs> of. I can't do the Cruise laugh. Yeah, no, no one can. <laughs> no, only Cruise can do that. That's right. 
Like literally, that, if that, you, if you do successfully do it, you big, disappear. Broad Joker like grin with yeah. that laugh. You're mm-hmm. just like, how does anyone physically yeah. do that? And that's the statue they'll unveil when they're yeah. doing the right. morning. The statue as, of him yeah. doing the grin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where he lands. And 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 uh, uh, Ben Stiller will be right there next to it, <laughs> P- pretending to be his stuntman. Yeah, that was one of the funniest Oscar bits ever. Well, that that came out of um, some skit show that he was in, right? Because there, 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 there's like, a history, like the, like the Ben Stiller show, like the, I think that, it was maybe, the Ben Stiller maybe. show. There, there, there's history to it with him playing quote unquote Tom Cruise's stunt double, right. and, and Cruise was like along with it for a while, yeah. and then they did the Oscar one. Where, the, the Oscar one was just oh god, that was so hysterical. hilarious, especially when Cruise is just like. Okay. Yeah. What? Well, and they start finishing each other's sentences, yes. and they start laughing together. And Cruz just playing along. It's so funny because he's he's got such a fucking whacked out real life behind the scenes, you know, whatever to him, right? He there's there's stuff like that, or the the fucking agent in Tropic Thunder. No, not the agent. He's the producer. Yes. Yeah. Get, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was one of the most. That was one of the most brilliant things he's ever done. Oh my it was, god, it was, it was just, so funny. Oh my god, it was just an incredible character. But the thing he was doing with Stiller was fucking hysterical. It, I, yeah, I uh, take it back. Stiller's probably the one that's closest able to mimic the oh yeah. the Cruz laugh, but still not quite well, sure. Because it's, it's, it's close because yeah. it's Cruz. It's close because Cruz. Well, also because Stiller has an exemption. Anyone yeah. else gets that close? Yeah, they they disappear in the hole. Right. <laughs> And in the comp at that compound in in Southern California, yes. wherever they just which one uh, the the one the, they put all the psych- psychiatrists. In. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's your bag of rice? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo, Eighties Jeff, Commander K, and we'll talk to you next week for a new episode of Children, Animals, and a Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get peel off. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's a man. great title. <laughs> it is. Oh boy. <laughs> and Jeff, you said a guy. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Now it's children, animals, and a guy. 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 Now it's children, animals, and a guy.